is a result, a direct result that they are wanting to see uh, from uh, that encouragement or that instruction. And so, uh, so the, it's the act of earnestly supporting or encouraging. They are the ones who are trying to edify the building up. Uh, the exhorter is the edifier. Uh, that is their tool. They are, they are building others up. They are trying to help people take that next step in their Christian walk. Uh, it is bringing people to a place where they will be helped. Where they'll be helped. The, ex- the exhorter wants the people that he invests in, that she invests in, to grow. They are looking for spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, uh, bringing people to a place where they can be helped, strengthened, and fulfilled uh, to where they can see God's purpose, they can see God's plan, and they can recognize God's priorities in their life. It, it will help them so they can, they can enjoy the blessings of God. Now, we've looked at the different individuals who had the different talents. We looked at uh, the prophet, and we, 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 we uh, uh, pointed out Peter, and I believe that that was his spiritual gift. We looked at teaching, and I believe that was Luke, the physician. He was, he was the teacher. He was the information guy. Uh, and then uh, tonight, when we look at the exhorter, I believe that's the apostle Paul. Uh, he was the one that was uh, exhorting people, just the building up of individuals. Now, the, the, uh, some of the traits as the exhorter, things that they have to keep in mind uh, needs to be what we find in Romans 12, 12. Uh, their focus has to be rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant, uh, uh, continuing instant in prayer. Now, because the exhorter is pouring into people, there is a possibility, there is a high possibility of disappointment. The more people you invest in, the more brokenhearted you will be. And you know what? That exhorter, he, he has to rejoice in hope. He has to rejoice. He can't just look at what is done. He has to have the hope of what might be. The rejoicing in hope. Because if we're not careful, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And we can become disillusioned, we can become uh, discouraged, disenchanted. Uh, Have you ever been around someone where they got disappointed and they finally said, I give up, I'm done. And so that's why they have to rejoice in hope. They have to be patient in tribulation. You work with people, there will be tribulation. That is the reality. And so this exhorter, they have to be patient in tribulation and they have to be instant in prayer. They have to just be able to take uh, the, the struggles. They have to take the, the needs. They have to be able to have a walk with the Lord, a, a, a continuous open uh, communication with God. Now, everybody needs that. 
Everybody needs that. But when you are engaged in God's work and you are, you are investing for spiritual growth and you are doing what you can to uh, grow and mature people, you've got to have God's help. You cannot do it on your own. Absolutely need God's help. Continuing instant in prayer. So we look at the assets. We're going to look at some of the liabilities as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Number one, uh, the exhorter is committed to spiritual growth. They are committed to spiritual growth. Uh, the person that has this gift, uh, everything is about spiritual growth. Uh, the problem isn't a financial problem. The problem is not a career problem. The problem is not a marriage problem. The problem is not a relational problem. The problem is not a family problem. It's a, not a child-rearing problem. It's a spiritual problem. The exhorter has the ability to see the spiritual need beyond just the issue that is going on. So the motivation of the exhorter is to see spiritual growth take place. Uh, they, they, have, they have a desire, they are motivated to see that practical application of God's truth in people's lives. When you see God's truths work, you just want everybody to have it. And you know what? The exhorter, that is what motivates them. That is what drives them. Uh, they are willing to become personally engaged and involved. Why? Because they, want to, they are committed to spiritual growth. Uh, go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and verse number 19, Galatians 4, and verse number 19, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians 4, verse 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. The apostle Paul, he travailed to see spiritual growth and other people. He, he was burdened. He was, he was pained to see. He was personally engaged and involved in them uh, being uh, formed into the, the, uh, uh, the image of Christ. Colossians 1.28, the Bible says, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Uh, here he was, he was just doing everything he could to see Christ uh, in the people that he, he invested in. So they are committed to spiritual growth. Now, on the liability side, with that commitment to see spiritual growth, they have a tendency to keep others waiting. To keep others waiting. So with that, they will invest in somebody. They will see a need. But now there's a family that's waiting at home for them to come home. There's an appointment that they had to connect with somebody else, but now they're going to have to wait because they're consumed with meeting that need. And so exhorters, 
their willingness to get engaged and involved in people's life oftentimes will cause them to forget other priorities. You know, family is a priority. And, and with that, they just sort of think that everybody will understand. And they do sometimes. But if it's all the time, it creates bitterness, resentment. And so, so there is a great asset that they are committed to spiritual growth, but they also have other people in their life. And if they're making them wait all the time, pretty soon they don't care about spiritual growth. They end up getting a little bit resentful. So uh, they, they often will assume that uh, family will just understand. And so uh, for the exhorter, it's easy to justify the making somebody else wait when priorities get a little bit out of whack. And so uh, for the exhorters, that's something uh, that they have to work on. So uh, number one, they're committed to spiritual growth. Number two, they are able to see root problems. Mature exhorters have the ability to see, to discern root problems. Just as the prophet, right, wrong, don't care who it is, that's, that's their, where they're at, call them out, don't care if it hurts your feelings. The, the exhorter, there is a discernment that is there. They can sense whether you are spiritually mature. And people that are not spiritually mature, they'll say, who do you think you are, God? Judge not. But the spiritually mature exhorter can see it. They can see it. You say, well, pastor, how do they see it? Because they watch. They watch behavior. They watch sequences of events. And spiritually immature people do not act spiritually mature. The symptoms of a life reveal a condition of a heart. And the exhorter, they study behavior. They study the cause and effect. And because they know what leads to the destruction, and when they see things come apart and they try to figure out what steps would keep that person from being in that step, they can see when somebody is on that path because they've already, they've already seen it. They, as they study God's word, they just see step one, step two, step three, step four. They see behavior. They don't just see a smile. Everybody's nervous right now. 
My spiritual gift is exhortation. This, this is my spiritual gift. And, and with that, we, we see that the exhorter, they, they are looking for steps to help people grow. Because that's what it's all about is spiritual growth. Because spiritual growth is going to bring fulfillment. Spiritual growth is going to make your marriage better. It is going to uh, cause your child rearing uh, to be blessed. It is going to result in fulfillment. It is going to result in success in life. It, it results in so many things uh, that bring blessings uh, that, that with that, that's what the exhorter wants to see. And so here with that, God gives them the ability to see root problems. People will come and they'll say, oh, Pastor, this is my problem. No, that's not your problem. They, people want to just deal with symptoms. They don't want to deal with the root problem. The problem isn't that you're just losing a little bit of oil. The problem is that your rings are bad. And that's going to cause an engine overhaul. We just want a, a slick 50, some, some type of additive that we can just dump in and make it all good. But the, the exhorter, they, they see the root problems. But when they see the root problems, it gives the ability for them to be able to help. It is not a judgmental set situation. It is the ability to see where they are, what the root problems are, so they, can, uh, so they can grow. So based on this discernment, that exhorter is motivated to search out hindrances to that individual's spiritual growth. Because the spiritual growth is going to solve that problem. And, and they realized that. 1 Corinthians 3.1, it was the apostle Paul that said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Because of longevity in the church does not mean spiritual maturity. There are people that have been in church all their life and maybe at one time they were spiritually mature, but now they are not. The goal of the exhorter is not to tear down, it is there to help build up. So where they are at, they can grow and see those blessings that God has for them. So they're able to see the root problems. Uh, the, uh, the other side, liability, is they can, they can look to themselves for solutions. After experience, after personal growth, after, after learning, they can start looking and feeling like they've got the answer before they've listened to the whole problem. 
in counseling, the exhorter has got to back up and listen. Why? Because I've seen this before, this step, this step, this step, I've already got the answer. I already know where I'm going. Uh, just shut up. Let me talk now. All right? And that's, that's the exhorter. Their mind is running that way because they've already experienced some of this. But sometimes they, because of that experience, they tend to just trust their experience of what they've already seen and not allow them to hear all of the whole story. And there might be some pieces that are missing. I have found myself in that spot in counseling. And then later finding out, well, pastor, you didn't let me tell you the rest of what was going on. And I was like, oh. But, but that path, those steps, they're, they're steps. You, they see it. So the ex exhorter, as they gain that experience and success in counseling, uh, they, they can tend to, uh, to rush ahead uh, because they're motivated by, by just fixing. They're motivated by solving those problems to bring about that spiritual growth. Number three, uh, they see steps of action. I've already mentioned this. But the exhorter, they can, they can visualize spiritual achievement. They can, they can look at a situation, they can see where somebody's at, and they, they can, in their mind, they can already see, you need to take this step, this step, and this step, and that is what is going to help you where you are at right now. So uh, they, they see that, those steps, they want to help the other Christian achieve steps that are necessary in their growth. So steps to remove hindrances. The steps of growth are not always removing sin. It was, it was the weight, the sin and the weights which does so easily beset us. There are things that are not wrong but are hindering our spiritual growth. If we are only focused on, I'm not sinning, that's not spiritual maturity. I'm not doing anything wrong. Not doing anything wrong does not mean that you are doing anything right. It's like being out in the middle of a lake in a boat while well, I'm not sinking. But you're not going anywhere. There's, there's no value. And so uh, they can see those steps. Steps to remove hindrances. Steps to ensure success. Now, when we talk about success, we're not talking about climbing a ladder. We're not talking about financial, uh, all these riches. That's not, that's not biblical success. And that is, that is not what the, the exhorter is motivated by. They are motivated by spiritual growth and seeing that spiritual growth. So uh, they can see the steps to remove hindrances, the steps to ensure success, the steps to bring growth and fulfillment. You know, it would be wonderful if everybody in our church was spiritually fulfilled. 
Now, I know everybody has, everybody has seasons. But can you imagine? Have everybody had the joy of the Lord? I mean, you would walk into these doors and you would be able to physically feel it. I mean, it is, it is amazing. And that's, that is what, that's what the exhorter, they desire to see that, that growth and fulfillment. Not just in a corporate level, but in individuals' lives. So, so that is, that is the uh, number three, the steps. Uh, they can see steps of action. On the other side is they can be proud of visible results. They can go back and they can see uh, those that they have worked with and they have uh, seen grow and uh, they have invested in and they see that maturity. Uh, and they can, they can tend to take spiritual, uh, or they can tend to take the uh, the. Uh, take the uh, the credit for uh, that person's growth, and you know what? Glory belongs to God. Glory belongs to God, and everybody has to realize that glory belongs to God. Everybody wants to invest in people, and everybody wants to see fruit. Uh, but we have to be careful, exhorters especially, because they are so committed to spiritual growth in people, they will see more fruit than somebody who is not committed to seeing spiritual growth. That's just a reality because of what they are vested in. And, and with that, there is a tendency to take that uh, and take credit for it. So uh, we, we want to make sure that uh, glory goes to God. They, they also can be tempted to settle for outward conformity. Because they are looking for change, if they're not careful, they can just try to get people to follow the steps and have outward conformity as opposed to an inward change. And spiritual growth is, it's, it's an inward. It will impact the outward. But we, we need to make sure that it's the Spirit of God working in people's lives and not just somebody conforming uh, to some rules or regulations. Number four, uh, the the uh, exhorter, they raise hope for solutions. They, they, have, they have the ability to, to help Christians, help people see what could be. They, they have the ability to, to help them uh, see potential for daily victory. Uh, Paul would use examples, illustrations of other believers. He would bring their, their success up. He would bring other churches' successes up as he was trying to, to uh, encourage a different church. Uh, why? Because he wanted them to see that there is hope of what could be done. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 9, 2, he said, For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked uh, very many. 
He's, he is using uh, this church's uh, zeal for uh, generosity and love and, uh, and charity. He's using that as an encouragement uh, to other, other churches there. Uh, so so they, they have the ability to raise hope for solutions. Uh, they, uh, on the other side, they can start projects prematurely. Exhorters tend to jump into new projects uh, without completing the current ones. Uh, they use projects to motivate other people. So the exhorter simply can see the project, uh, and it's not just a project to accomplish something. It is a project with a goal of bringing about spiritual growth to other people. Uh, it will be a goal of reaching uh, people, of teaching people, of helping more people. So the, the projects, the, the things that they get involved in, they are there with that, uh, that uh, goal, that motivation uh, of motivating other people in their spiritual walk. Uh, but, but with that, uh, they might jump in from one to another a little too quickly. Number five, they turn problems into benefits. They turn problems into benefits. It was the Apostle Paul that said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. The exhorters, they can take a tragedy and they can try to help that person sees something good, will come out of it. You know, nobody wants to go through a tragedy for nothing. The exhorter, they look at it and see, how can I help them grow through this? And sometimes it's by helping them see that there is a there's a light at the end of that tunnel. There's a way that God is going to use that for somebody else to be reached. You know, Romans 8.28 isn't a verse to quote to somebody when they just say goodbye to a loved one. There isn't comfort in that verse at the moment. But there is comfort in knowing that God could even take my hurt and do something good with it. God can take that burden, that brokenness, that loss, and he can see fruit through it. I've got a funeral that I'm going to be preaching this next week, not just Saturday. Uh, next week I've got another one to preach. And with that, just talking with with the mom of the person. You know, we know that there are going to be lost people that are there. And we've already talked about that the gospel is going to be preached and she is looking forward to seeing somebody saved in her son's loss, in the loss of her son. You know, we... We, we want to see something good happen. And, and the, the exhorters, they, they have 
the ability to turn problems into benefits. Second uh, Corinthians uh, 1, 1 through 7, we don't have time to read all of those verse, verses. Uh, but what we find in verse 3, he said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. What do we find? We find that God's comforting in our life gives us now the ability to comfort somebody else. And that's what, that's what the exhorters, they look towards. Uh, uh, on the flip side, uh, they, can, uh, they can get to a place where they look at everybody as a project. That's dangerous. My wife is not my project to fix. My kids are not a project to fix. You know, we... we you have to be careful because that, that desire to, to grow and to, to see others grow, if you're not careful, you forget relationships. And that has to be, that has to be paramount. You have to remember relationships over just seeing uh, a, a desired end. Number six, the exhorters, they desire to be transparent. They desire to be transparent. An exhorter knows that true growth will not come with guilt. The devil deals in guilt. Guilt destroys. Guilt weighs down. There's no hope in guilt. The Holy Spirit does not guilt us. Conviction and guilt are completely different. Guilt is there to make us feel as though we don't deserve God. We don't deserve God's blessings. Guilt keeps people from praying. Conviction doesn't keep us from praying. Guilt keeps us from praying. Conviction reveals things that we need to change so we can get things right. The Spirit of God works in our heart to convict us of sin. He convicts us of sin. Why? So we can remove things out of our life so we can grow closer to God. The devil wants to push us away. Now, the exhorter knows that guilt is going to drive people away. And by being transparent, they are not just trying to connect, they are trying to let the person know that they have failures too. And in those failures, God has still blessed them. There's hope. You know, we, we have to be careful that we don't come off like we don't have any problems. Everybody's got them. Everybody. And 
And with that, the exhorter, that desire to be transparent is there to help. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Uh, that, that clear conscience before God. That guilt is going to destroy, but a clear conscience, that ability to come before God. Uh, so a good and clear conscience before the Lord, uh, it precedes true growth. Uh, with that, though, uh, with that uh, uh, transparency, sometimes they will share private illustrations, namely family. Now, where's Rachel at? She's not in here. She's in the nursery. So, it's good, yeah. No, but my kids have all been illustrations. Now, I, I try to be cautious on what illustrations I would use. But sometimes when illustrations are used, it might go too far. And relationships can be hurt. It could be that an illustration is used and it might not have anything to do with something that has just transpired or a counseling session that has gone on, but it can very easily be construed as someone just got, their stuff just got put out before God and everybody. So being transparent is good but you have to be cautious because sometimes those illustrations are personal illustrations that may involve people close to you. Number seven, they get, gain insight through experience. The exhorter is motivated by the cause and effect sequences. They desire to learn, grow, and be able to teach based on the cause and effect uh, scenarios, uh, so they can gain that that insight through that experience. They they see it over and over again. On the flip side, uh, they can present truth out of balance. Uh, exhorters tend to uh, avoid heavy doctrinal teaching that does not appear to have immediate practical application. And so sometimes, if not careful, then you can ignore uh, part of uh, doctrine and teaching uh, and being out of balance. Uh, so, so that is something that they have to work on. Number eight, urgency to act on clear steps. They have an urgency to act on clear steps. They, uh, they, just, they see it and they want everything to just, just happen. Come on, let's do it. Why aren't we done yet? All right. Uh, you give, give somebody a Bible study uh, on something and come back and say, have you finished it? Well, no. <laughs> well, why not? Well, I worked 70 hours this week. And? Come on, let's get with it. Uh, and so they have an urgency to act on that, uh, on, on clear uh, steps. They, they, with that, though, they can set unrealistic expectations. Uh, Exhorters often can visualize uh, long-range projects. They can uh, realize, uh, visualize those uh, long-range growth and goals for people. And with that, they can, they can have expectations that things are going to move faster than they move. 
And so uh, they can set unrealistic goals. Number nine, lastly, uh, they desire to share face-to-face. There's something about being able to look into the countenance of somebody to see whether or not they're getting it. And the exhorter can see it. There is, I mean, I'm watching Brother Franklin. We've made eye contact quite a few times. And, and as, as we're going through, there's the grins and then there's, hmm. And then there's the big smile and there's that contemplation. But I can see that he is on board. He is listening. He is grabbing what is being taught. Now, with that, the exhorter, they need that face to face. Because without it, they don't know where somebody is at. Brother Dustin, the very first service that he came, he came with two of the kids. Two of the kids, put him in the nursery. Miss Haley was seeing her mom. I think she was out of town. He shows up on Life Sunday. And I'm preaching on abortion. He's sitting right over here. And he had this straight face. He didn't grin. He didn't agree. He didn't nod. He just had that bald head and that blank face. (laughs) And I had no idea how to read him. I thought, he's gone. I'll never see this guy again. And then Sunday night, he showed back up, and I was just blown away. And he had that same bald head and that same (laughs) blank face. But then, as time went along, I could start to read him. Some of those walls let down. But you you could read him. Now, with that, it's, it's important. They, they need that face-to-face. When somebody is not where they need to be, when you're not in church, you know what that does to me? You have no idea where that. What's wrong? Somebody's sick? They having to work overtime? Something wrong at home? Did they get upset over something I've said? He said, Pastor, I wouldn't worry about it at all. That's why you're not the pastor. That face-to-face, being able to see whether they're growing, it's, it's huge. Paul longed to see his converts co-laborers over and over again. First uh, Thessalonians, but we brethren being taken from you uh, for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. There was that desire to see those people that he loved and cared about, had invested in, wanted to see that growth. So here we look at that. Now, On the flip side, and I'm done. I know I'm a little bit long. They will also give up on uncooperative people. You give and you give and you give 
and you give. And there, there have been people that I have said, okay, I'm done. You say, Pastor, do you, you hate them? No, I love them, but I can't give them any more time. This young man that I'm going to preach his funeral next week, I gave him more time than almost anybody over the, the years that I was at Bethel. I mean, his parents stopped at my house at three in the morning to drop him off, saying, we're done. A lot of time. But at some point, though I loved him, I couldn't keep chasing him. There are people that have been right here that I have loved, I have invested in, I have given time to. And with that, when they no longer want mission that we have, they no longer are receiving truth or the investment, at some point you, you back up. Now, with that, I, I know that with my gift, that is something that I have to guard. Now, the exhorter, don't give up quick. Now, I don't give up quick. I don't. But I do know that that is something in me that I've got to guard. So here, this exhorter, some, definitely some blessings, but as all of it, as every gift, there are also some liabilities. And we've got to guard those. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, Lord, uh, as we have studied your word, and Lord, as we have uh, looked at it, I pray that you would help all of us, uh, Lord, just to grow in our own faith. And, and Lord, as uh, those that are sitting out here have this gift, I do pray that, uh, Lord, we, we would uh, take the, the giftings that you have given it, uh, to us and help us to uh, be committed uh, to it and to spiritual growth and uh, investing. Uh, but, Lord, help us to uh, not... Uh, allow the the negatives of those gifts uh, to be what is predominant. So help us uh, tonight. Uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart tonight. Uh, he put his finger on some things that I can walk away with tonight. Uh, and you say, that's me. Uh, just slip your hand up. We're not going to have an altar call. Uh, but just wanted to uh, 